Hello and welcome to a new episode of Injury Time with me Sandeep Menon. Now the ISL is almost here so here we are doing the preview for the season. With me to look at the teams is Pradeep Reddy formerly with Bengaluru FC, Pune City FC, he was with few other clubs in the northeast as well. You know him, you know him very well. And he's a friend of the pod. So we are going to look into each teams individually to see how well they have strengthened, are they better than last year, have they gone backwards, are they going forward, all these kind of details. This preview will be a two-parter. So without wasting any more of your time, let's get right to it because we have a lot to cover. Here's part 1 of the ISL preview with Prism Reddy. So uh, Pratim, how are you? How is quarantine treating you? Yeah, not bad. I mean, it's a little bit tougher than expected, but I think we're making the most of it by getting some research on the uh, teams and keeping up to date with all the pre-season matches through the fans and whatever snippets we can get from social media. So I'm looking so, forward so, to six days to go now. Six days to go. Okay. So uh, having been in quarantine for let's say six days, I think eight days now. Yep. How is this going to affect the entire tournament when the whole group of players have to stay I think 6 months away from their family alone not really able to socialize injuries probably go down on themselves and you're injured you're not training as well so all these kind of things so how do you think this season will go in that sense Yeah I think it's I mean it's definitely going to be tough and it's a unique experience I mean I don't think anyone can really hazard a guess as how it's going to pan because it's the first time for everyone um but there's a lot of new t- new players coming in some of the clubs i think they might actually benefit from it because they're all you know in a close knit setting now and then you're forced to sort of bond and socialize with one another i think it'll bring the probably the foreign players and the indian players a little bit closer because you're all in that same environment sharing hotels and there's definitely going to be some mental psychological issues i think mental strength is going to be a key factor in this season um, especially when players get injured or not even just injured if you're not with the main squad or one of the reserves i think you're going to have a a tough time um and yeah i mean it's it's not easy for anyone to be i mean footballers are used to being away from their families but not in this kind of an environment so i think that'll add an extra layer of stress on everybody so hopefully the new year will have you know things will improve a little bit on all fronts um and then we we can get back to whatever the new normal is perfect let's just hope that um, hearing news of cure or all those kind of vaccine or things of that nature hopefully we get that sooner rather than later in in india so maybe do you think that after that we can go back to the normal home and away because they are really looking only half the calendar is published right? i think i don't think we're going to have home and away this season but i think if we can slowly transition like how leagues have across other parts of the world where we've gone from completely closed stadiums to maybe if um you know family members who are within the sort of bubble can start coming to the stadiums like what we saw in the cricket and then maybe opening it up with limited fans if you can allow maybe 50 fans of each club um, initially and then slowly gradually increasing it i think that would be a nice a nice progress this season but i think so, just listening to some of the people and there's a lot of sort of digital advertising and content that's going to happen and interactions with fans so i'm looking forward to seeing how everyone adapts to that as well both uh, fan clubs as well as um, you know the media side of it and yeah actually yesterday was quite interesting because east bengal played a friendly match and we had a twitter feed from an east bengal fan which was giving us uh, 
live updates and of course there's one so by the end of the game it's like a game of chinese whispers i mean someone was saying it was 4-2 uh, they beat kerala blaster somebody else said 3-1 a lot of people were talking about how balwant scored or whether it was somebody else and matter of fact balwant hadn't even played because he was in <laughs> so you're relying on people spying through a fence and go at these training grounds and getting these snippets of information so it almost takes me back to the sort of pre uh, twitter internet um, live coverage of matches days when you know early days of the i league when you'd have to rely on somebody at that venue over a phone call to give you information about a match so it's 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 having to get everyone to be a little bit more creative yeah absolutely now uh, to preview let's just go to the teams now so sure, i sure. want to start with uh, more atk mb is okay. that how i'm supposed to call them or that is the correct way to call them yes atk okay. more it came on bagan so yeah. first of all there was a hoopla about the stars in the crest and all the kind of things but coming to the you know the integrity they are merged now they are one entity i don't know who's the owner all that is yeah. not very important but uh, can they do it again in the title again i think i mean it if you if you go previewing team by team i think it it came on bagan have got a definitely a, a very very strong chance i mean no one's ever defended the title in the um, isl no team um and well i mean technically it wouldn't be because it's a brand new thing um but i mean what i think i'm trying to get at is if you look at the squad they've got they've retained a, um, a lot of the players that were there last season the likes and, and you know the ones who were successful the likes of roy krishna david williams who must you know hugely impressive last season for for Habas's team and likes of Jay Shrane so said are just still there Pranay Halder still there Pritham Prabir and then McHugh's back have Davies back uh, Edu Garcia's back and to add to that if you look at the players that they brought in the way you know Terry comes in is an experienced left sided center back and Sandeep Jingan you really got you'd strengthened areas where you possibly felt last season there was a little bit weak and um even subashish boss coming in at left back so they've definitely added in areas where you could say they were a little bit um lightweight if they had injuries etc i think also keeping in mind having to play in a afc cup competition this year i think they've done some pretty astute signings and um so there's i definitely expect them to be in the playoffs this year when you mentioned all the names that they've signed now if you say they signed tiri and sandesh jingan both of them have come in they are sure starters so what happens to sumit rathi he was such a big thing same way with subhashish bose coming in probably susai might uh, have to take you know players rotating role yeah i think maybe some of the the clubs have gone in with the mindset that with so many games yeah, coming in quick succession it's good to have strength in depth so although you know when you put their strongest 11 out you might think okay then that means x y and z might have to sit out in the game but don't forget there's five subs this year so mm-hmm. at any given point you can strengthen your team change it um you know depending on whether the situation in the game you're winning or losing or need to chase the game so i think that helps these teams who've got two players who can play in every single position and secondly i think we saw with habas last year that he did play with a back three at times um and so if he does opt to go with that then i think he needs a little bit of versatility so whether 
Preetam plays as he did last season in a right centre-back position or Sumitrati plays there. Um, it gives him plenty more options. And don't forget, once you get into Asia, you don't have the luxury of five foreigners on the field. It's three plus one. So automatically another Indian berth opens up. So I think they've kept that in mind, um, as well as a little bit of an eye on the future in terms of some of their signings. And if you look at the duration of the contracts, I think they've definitely got one eye on the future in terms of how they're going with that. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask is, and I think this is probably the wrong year to ask it because there won't be any fans as such in the field. Uh, But do you feel like ATK till now had a very small legacy to look after? Now they have the legacy of Mohan Bagan to look after and all the fans that come with it and all the criticism and all that things that go with it if they don't do well, even one or two games here and there. So do you think they will feel a whole different pressure this year, especially also having to defend the title, so to speak? Um, from what we're led to believe, it's just, you know, that's what's in the past, in the past, the last, um, six season of the ISL, this is, uh, sort of brand, you know, a new entity, but as you said, they de- they definitely have now the added expectations of, of all the, you know, millions and millions of Mohan fans behind them. And yeah, if it wasn't the situation that we have where everyone's in a bubble and the games are in Goa, you could probably argue that case where that fan pressure that comes at the games and at training, um, et cetera, could be a factor. But um, if you look at their squad, I mean, they're vastly experienced players who've played international level and the coaches are vastly experienced. So I don't think the pressure from social media as such, because that's realistically going to be the only pressure, uh, will really affect them. And... You know, I think you've got players Players will play, then they might actually, you know, get energized by that kind of a crowd support. You'd actually, you could say in a way that it's a disadvantage not having that support. Because imagine if you had to go and play against them at Salt Lake Stadium and you had a packed 60,000 stadium where, and you know, and when the players that they've got, they go ahead. You've got that crowd pressure playing against you. So I think maybe you, you could also make the case that you know they're not benefiting from that massive crowd support and fan support that they could have got this season. Yeah. So with every team, I'm going to ask you one player that you are really excited to see, and one a youngster who you think can make an impact. Okay. So from ATK, who are? They? Um, ATK. I mean, I think. Players-wise, I don't think they've gone with anyone that's um, going to really uh, change dramatically because they had good players last year. Um, be interesting to see how Sandesh comes back from his injury, both especially from a national team perspective to see how he settles in and, and how he gets game time. Um, but I think sometimes the way I like to look at it is to see whether kids who've done well one season, if they can continue that development. So the likes of a Sumitrati and so say Raj, if they can continue their progress as opposed to becoming labelled as a sort of one-season wonder. Um, and I'm always excited to see their front two. I think David Williams and um, uh, Roy Krishna, I think those those guys are exciting to watch. Now we go to the to Bangalore FC. Perennial contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year had a lot of trouble scoring goals. Depended on set pieces, penalties, all those kind of things to get over the line a lot of times. Very yep. good defensively. 
do you think they've addressed the issue with the signings that they have signed because i still don't uh, put much faith in foreign signings until they start doing something but uh, with your research and all do you feel like they have addressed the issues there and uh, they've lost nishu who was probably the best left back last year and mm-hmm. uh, they signed ajit kumar so what are you expecting from that side also i think going forward uh, um you know this uh, striker that they signed christian opset i don't think it was their first choice uh, i think most of the fans and everyone were craving for a miku return and i think miku's kept them waiting until the last minute and then opted to sign at uh, was it deportivo yeah spain um, because they've got a chance of qualifying and going um further next season so i think it was a, if you look at it compared to some of the strikers that have been signed by some of the other teams um i heard that adam lafondra was on their sites um, but he opted to go to mumbai city fc i thought aridane santana had a great season last year he could have been one that they'd managed to lure to bfc he's gone to hyderabad um, i think ogbeche is still one of the best strikers we've seen over here in the last couple of seasons both in terms of his presence in the dressing room his work rate um just all around good good striker and a good uh, good guy um and he was someone who i think would have loved to i remember speaking to someone when he was leaving northeast and he would have loved the opportunity to have played in bangalore um so i think they missed out on potentially some good strikers uh but you know let's let's see how opposite fits into their scheme of things and whether whether he can whether he suits their style of play again yeah so i think the burden once again obviously chetri to score um the curious question i think a lot of people might have is will they change the way they play will they play will they still rely on set pieces and if they do then maybe the striker they've signed might benefit that well, i mean if they're going to try and hit teams on the counter attack then they still have the likes of deshawn brown in their team and danta and ashik um leon augustine so they've got a lot of pace in that squad so they can change the way they play a little bit they don't have to play the way a lot of other teams have chosen to play in the ISL so i think he's got quite good versatility in his squad and and again i think they're just like uh, the first team that we mentioned like habas's team these guys have a lot of retained players they've got a lot of the core that are still together so i think that's always gives them a strength now to answer your question in terms of one two signings one young player and mm-hmm. one player that impresses i think i'm looking forward to seeing suresh again to see how he develops i thought he got a few games last season and he looked impressive i saw him in pre-season at uh, when they were playing some matches in bengaluru against bufc and he looked he looked sharp and he looked good um from what i'm hearing from people um in the know is just that uh this kid or leon augustin after getting his first assist last season he's really gone back to kerala and uh taken it upon himself got himself a fitness coach uh, and he's come back bulked up looking more like you know a proper senior team player as opposed to just an academy kid so he could he, really be challenging the likes of udanta and ashik for a starting position and there's a couple of others in that academy graduates you could say or people who've been promoted from the reserve team um the likes of ajay chetri edmund who could really be knocking on the door for first team places this season 
And again, with the number of subs allowed, you could see a couple of these guys, if if and when they're given a chance, it's whether they grab it. So, you know, I'd like to see, um, see those guys develop. Yeah, one question I always wanted to check was uh, PFC's core, the core that's been there. It's been there for a few years now. Chetri is over 35. Eric is also around there. Dimas, I think, probably is going to play this one more year. Yeah. And then you have that uh, Cabra, all of them getting to getting on a little bit. So do you yeah. think, and they seem to have a good uh, bunch of group coming in. Like even Sunil specifically mentioned Leon Augustine as someone who he was impressed with in preseason. There's Ajay Chetri, Biswa, uh, Roshan Singh, so yep. Naram Roshan Singh, all these guys who we have seen in the you know super division and things like that. Absolutely, yeah. So this team needs a refresher, sort of. And uh, it looks like Gurpreet has also taken a more of a leadership role from what I hear from, again, people in the club. So do you think they are looking at the next generation to come in, okay, moving, moving forward? Because they have to sort of, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I think... That's some of the in football. That's one of the trickiest things to do is like picking that right moment of how you move on. But you've got to. I mean, obviously, you've got players who've played for the club and done well for many seasons, and you have to at some point accept that they're on the decline, and you have to let them go. I mean, we've seen in the last year or so that you can't have sentiments, and um, they've let go of players like Reno Anto, who's a club you know legend. Um, Eugene was um, has moved on, and you've got to start bringing in players that can replace them. And in terms of, yeah, in Reno's position, you've seen the likes of Ajit Kumar, a fullback's been signed. You've got uh, Biswa who's come through from the um, uh, youth team. And there's a couple of players who've, who've moved up from the reserve team into into these spots. But when you, you've got the players of the likes of Eric Partelou and Dima Salgado, it's very difficult to sort of take that gamble and say, let's replace both of them because they're getting on a bit and then bring in someone new because we saw that last year when they brought in um, Rafa Augusto and a couple of other uh, foreign players uh, on Wolf Freighter they didn't really settle down and you're already replacing a Seran you're replacing a Miku so I think you got to be careful to do it gradually and so maybe you know replace Seran this year replace um, the striker position this year, um, Clayton Silva's come in. So I think maybe next season, as you said, Dima, this could be last season for Dimas. You, you slowly start to phase Dimas out and start to see if if Suresh or Ajay can play more minutes in that position because don't forget next year there's going to be less foreign players on the field. So you have to transition into that. So that naturally will happen. You don't have to find a replacement for Dimas. You just have to find an Indian player who can play in that position. And then obviously the inevitable question with BFC is always how, and it's the same with the national team, how and when do you start to replace the the legend himself? So yeah. that's also something that BFC have got to slowly sort of integrate both, as you mentioned, whether whether it's Gurpreet taking over more leadership role. Um, but on field, I, don't, I think he's irreplaceable. What he provides that team in terms of his goals, assists, and more importantly, you know, in crunch games, how he comes up big, that's just a quality that, you know, it's, 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 it's almost irreplaceable. This, this, this brings me like a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask uh, is Udanta. Because for years, we thought he was the guy who was going to take over the mantle. And for the last, maybe last year, he realized that he 
stepped up especially last year the year before i think he had a decent decent enough number but never the numbers that would make you go oh what a player he had okay numbers but never great numbers so what this season like you said leon is there ashik is there udanta is there all, all fighting for the same position maybe even clayton silva over there so how important is this season for udanta because he needs someone for the national team to step up as well yeah i think i mean just as i mentioned how it's tough to replace legends who've been there for many many years and they're getting on in their years this is a different case of where it's a player who's who's not old he's not too old he's actually probably coming up close to his peak years but i think sometimes as a club you got to make a decision where is it better to just let the player go because he might need a fresh start and go somewhere else and um you know with his attributes his qualities he'll walk into most starting lineups in the isl um will it serve him better to go somewhere else and get a fresh start and both for himself and for the national team will that be good and also sometimes as clubs you got to think you know let's cut our losses early because the way the game's going is it better to get a transfer fee for him now and let him go to some other club because i'm sure a lot of clubs would want him rather than if he sees out his contract and then he chooses to move somewhere else like what nishu did you've lost a valuable player and you haven't really made anything out of it and you know in the meantime it's just declining and if ashik has a great season and leon has a great season and edmund has a great season then by definition that means udanta won't see much game time and if he then moves on to another club it doesn't benefit anybody in that way so i think sometimes clubs have to be a little bit astute and recognize i think this is something that i think wenger was very good at at um, at arsenal realizing that the utility of a player was declining and he could be better off by getting and if you can recognize that early on that there's someone in your within your system already who can probably outperform that player then that's the sort of big calls that clubs have to make yeah, i think he's just been given a new three year deal this thing last year i think it's a three year deal but yeah anyway that's a discussion for another time yeah. now moving on to the next team is chennai so the first two teams we spoke about retaining players same coach all those kind of things next the next whole system is the new 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 coaches all over the place so chennai new coach i don't really know much about him personally they've got some decent new signings memo and things like that so what do you make of them do you think they can do they have retained a lot of their indian players uh, and crevelaro and stuff but do you think they can do what they did last year again i think sometimes when you you look into a way a club behaved in the off season and i think they kept their fans hanging for a long time in terms of who's coming in who's signing who's retained um and that normally gives you a bit of an insight into the fact that there was a little bit of uncertainty in the direction that the club wanted to go and i think the first one to blink was owen coil and owen coil chose to move on from a team that he had led to the finals and that normally gives you an indication sometimes that all might not be well at the club because for Owen Coyle to choose to leave a club where he knows a lot of the players and he could have strengthened it and choose to go to a club which hasn't qualified must have meant that normally it indicates you know if you're to hazard a guess you'll think they probably a offered him less money or said you're going to have a smaller budget and i think john gregory had that after he won the league where he was given a smaller budget than what he had when he won the league and we saw how what happened so maybe Owen Coyle you know with that hindsight probably thought it's better to move on and then if you look at the 
Indian signings, which are the first ones that they sort of moved on, they seem to have opted for the option of, which I mean, I'm in favor of this, but to promote a lot more of their youth rather than go out and compete in the market for some of the names and get into these astronomical figures that some of the clubs are asking for established players, like as you mentioned, Nishu earlier and, and some others. So they've got a couple of decent players in their youth system, and it's good to see that the youth being given an opportunity. Um, but at the same time, they've, and when they came to the foreign players, they've gone in a completely different direction than majority of the ISL team. So I don't think they have a single Spaniard in their team, which is unusual at the moment in the ISL. They, no Spanish coach either. No Spanish, but well, they've never had a Spanish coach. So I think that's yeah. par for the course for China. And, you know, they've, they've won it twice. So you can't argue with their, yeah. uh, with their coach strategy. And, their, and if you look at how many coaches they've had over the six seasons, they've only had... Uh, three coaches, and was probably you know one of the least coach per you know in turnover in in the ISL, and the foreign players that they've brought in again you know nobody from I don't think they brought I don't think they brought anyone from the A League from Australia they haven't got any Spaniards so they've gone in a completely different direction than most of the other teams, and in a way similarly last year they did the same. I mean initially when you looked at the signings of uh, Nelka Valskis and the Crevillaros and, and the others, people would have questioned them. And when they were, weren't doing so well in the initial stages, people were questioning the recruitment. But then in the end of the season, you've got the top scorer, you've got one of the best number 10s in the league. Um, and you can't really argue with, uh, with that. And so I think they've balanced it quite well in terms of retaining Crevillaro. That was a good, good player to retain. They retained Elisabia. So they've got two key players from last season. And adding Memo, I think, is quite an astute signing because he's versatile and experienced in the league. So you've got three Brazilians there, so you've got quite a good core of um, your foreign players. And some of the new signings are quite interesting. I mean, on, it may not be well-known names, but when you look at where they've played and what they've done in those leagues, um, they're quite impressive. And uh, it's there's no, you know, they, I think they will surprise a few people. Yeah, that team's always been. I've always liked Chennai. I don't know why. I'm not a fan of Chennai, but I always liked. I thought they always did a good job with the players they have, and especially last year, bring a lot of uh, not a lot, but uh, some Tamil connect as well with Edwin Sydney. They had Ravanan, then Panganesh. So those kind of things are also nice to good to see. Absolutely, I think that's I think that's one of their biggest strengths is that they've got the the local players doing well, and that's that's what you really want to see. You want to see the likes of. Um, Edwin Sidney, dance Paul, as I like to call him, um, after his you know, efforts last season. You know, versatility. He was brilliant and when they moved him into centre midfield. They got some good young players um, coming through as well. Uh, and, and they give a chance to them. Um, you know, the likes of Tapa were given an opportunity at a young age. So was Jerry. And they've gone on to become national team players and some of them regulars in the national team. So I think it's, it's a good sign in terms of the way. That's why I like the direction that the club's gone. I think Tapa will be, end up being the equivalent of Dhoni because they take him over. So he might be that guy because he, he is a very good player that they've managed to keep hold of. I know there was a lot of interest in different from different clubs for him. And his contract was also ending at the end of last year, but they kept hold on him. So that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think this um, Fatkulo, Fatkulo, the Tajikistan. Yeah, 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 he. Quite an impressive credentials in AFC competitions and 
you know, he could, he definitely could surprise a, a, a few people who probably, you know, don't really have much expectations on them. I think he could be one that does, is a surprisingly good player this season. That's okay. You heard it here first. <laughs> so let's just say that. And then uh, let's move on. So the youngster and the player that you're looking for, is this the one that you're looking at? Yeah, well, he's, he's def- I think the, um, the striker that they've assigned from the Portuguese league, um, he's definitely one that I think in terms of their players that's gone under the radar a bit, um, Isma. Mm. He's one that I've got a, a, hopes to see, you know, because he's filling big boots. He's coming in and replacing the league's top scorer in, over there. But he's one that will probably be keeping um, a close eye on. And in terms of young players, Abhijit Sarkar, um, young player, he's been doing pretty well in preseason and a lot of um, reviews from, you know, you speak to people inside inside the camps and who know about it. And he's the one that's been doing really well. So I've got some, a little bit of a, keep a close eye on this kid. Uh, okay. So uh, moving on to the next team is FC Goa. Yep. New, completely shaken up. Uprooted completely, changed everything. Edu Bedia is the old lone foreign survivor. A lot of the Indian players also, a couple of them big ones left. All the foreigners. It's just they had to do everything all over again at the worst possible time. So how are you looking at them? Do you think they can push for another uh, title? So this is what we sort of were saying as the different way of doing it when you need to change because players are getting too old and they've been there and it's getting a bit stale and you need to freshen up the squad, this is the other option of doing it, which is make wholesale changes. You change the coach, you change um, five out of your six foreign players, and you even change, you lose your captain as well, your Indian, most capped Indian player. But normally you'd say it's a bit of a high-risk strategy, but you've seen teams do this, but normally they do it when the team's not successful. Like, um, like Habas rebuilt the team last season, because the team wasn't performing well, and similarly with some of the others. But um, I think what the advantage that they have, if you look at it at the back, Seroton's still there. They've got, Navaz is still there, so they've got two of the back five, you could say, from last season that are still there. In terms of losing the two centre-backs, you know, if you lose Murtada Fall and Carlos Peña, you've got James Donerkey and... Ivan Gonzalez, who are actually probably two genuine, I mean, they're genuine centre-backs. So you've got two proper centre-backs over there. So I think that could be, if they can develop a partnership, really good for them at the back. Um, they had this kid, Samson Pereira, coming through their youth system to compete with Savio Gama. So in terms of left-backs, there's definitely an upgrade on having a makeshift left-back, which Manda was. So I think they're not, so that, you know, on paper, it's actually quite, you could say they're an improvement at the back. And then, you, you know, you move into midfield. Obviously, anyone who's watched ISL over the last couple of years is going to say, you've lost Jahu, you've lost probably one of the best players in the league. Um, but Edu Badia can probably slot into that position and play as that sort of playmaker coming, playing in a little bit deep. Lenny will still give them that um, ability that they have. He's He's been retained. And I think with the likes of Princeton coming in and really impressing for them last season, he's probably one of their most impressive to come through their squad, the developmental squad. He's knocking on the door. So him and Brandon and Lenny, you've got three really good Indian midfielders over there. And then... Who wants as well? 
And they go on as well. So you're definitely going to get, that's also good to see in terms of, it's a state that does produce a lot of good footballers and hasn't produced that many national team players. And I think Princeton's one of those who probably could knock on the door in a few years' time. Um, and then I think they've been astute in the way they've gone with their midfielders. They haven't gone for people who are going to compete with one another like was in the past um, in going teams. And they've got um, this guy, Alberto Noguera. And by all accounts, some people are saying, listen, this guy is as good, if not better, than um, uh, Lanzarote was for, for Goa. So if he can deliver those kind of numbers in terms of goals and assists, then you've got a massive upgrade on... Um, on the squad last year and Igor Angulo the striker obviously you know everyone's going to compare him from minute one to uh, Koro uh, because of the goals that Koro scored and uh, he's he's come in and said yeah you know I, I'll relish this pressure and he's been scoring for fun in preseason. he scored in every game he's played I think but I mean the, irrespective of whether he scores as many as Koro or doesn't score as many as Koro I think what you should really judge him on at the end of the season is silverware. I mean, that's mm. how you judge, judge players. And for all of Koro's goal-scoring exploits, you know, he walked away with a golden boot two, two out of the three seasons over here, but Goa didn't pick up any guy himself mm-hmm. in any of, those, any of those seasons. So that, that's where you ultimately judge these players. And again, they're one of the... Teams that have to play in Asia, and not just play in Asia, they have to play in the Asian Champions League. Yeah. So you need players who, who can compete at that level. And I think that's why the likes of Donica, you've got an Australian defender who can play in that position, will play in that position in the AFC Cup. And you've got more Indian depth as well. So the likes of uh, Redeem Tlang and then mm. Maka, Winkle, Chote. Those guys, you probably start seeing them getting a lot more games, maybe towards as we're going closer to the Asian competition, so they start bedding themselves into the team. But I think they'll definitely be competitive, judging by preseason results, which I know you can't read too much into preseason and, and everything, but they'll definitely be contenders for the top four. I don't think it's it's a rebuilding year for them. I think it's a, it is a rebuilding year, but you don't. It's not like they have to write this off as a rebuilding year. I think it's a rebuilding year where they can still challenge for challenge for the top. Yeah, from what I heard, and a couple of players also told me this, that uh, Ferrando, who is a new coach, he has, his apparently his training sessions are much more intense. And uh, he has uh, plans for them in terms of attacking and defending. Like, there are choreographed things that they're working on. And they said it's a different, exp- like, under Lobera, that was not the case. The Edubedia actually said, it, Lobera, let us do what we were good at. This guy wants us to do the other side. And he admitted probably the fact that they did not have a plan B or they did not know what to do when things are not going their way. Or let's say they're playing a BFC. They set up to stop Goa. Them scoring is a secondary thing, but they set up to stop Goa playing that uh, the way they want to play. And he's admitted that probably that is where they lacked and that's why they didn't win the silver. So he's full gung-ho about the new coach as well. Yeah, I think I've heard similar things that, what you've heard about the fact that, you know, they're actually learning how to defend now, which in the past three years, it was, you know, they just relied on individuals to defend as opposed to defending as a team. It'd be interesting to see. That's why I think they'll be a lot stronger. I mean, a lot of people won't be expecting them to be as strong, So, but I actually think they'll be quite strong. Yeah, I am with you there. So the youngster and the one player that you're looking for? 
I think I mentioned uh, a couple of the youngsters, the likes of Princeton, um, Samson. Um, one I'd like to see get opportunity, but I doubt it just because of the players and the position he plays is Frankie, um, to see how Ooh. he does at this level. But I'm not sure he'll he'll get that many minutes. So I'll probably have to stick with um, Princeton in terms of youngsters and definitely keen to see how uh, Angulo, Angulo the, works for them. Yeah. Because I, I think Princeton too, because that club is very high on him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, now it's Hyderabad FC that you're looking at. Again, uh, new coach. Say, change the coach before he actually came here. So, all that drama on the side. What do you make of them? Because they I'm haven't made any waves. Normal. I think that's par for the course for the club that was formerly known as. FC Pune City. Yeah, where you know you bring a coach and then change the coach before the season starts. Um, so, I mean, if you look at, I was doing some analysis on this, and if you look at clubs over the last six years of the ISL to the last six seasons, and although even the likes of FC Goa and Chennai have had seasons where they finished at the bottom, um, and you know Hyderabad and Pune have never, re- I mean, um, finished right. I mean, they finished, last year they finished at the bottom, but if you look at their average performances over the last six seasons, both in terms of where they finish at the table and then in terms of win percentage or points per game, and then you add all these factors in together and you get a picture of, you know how people normally say, oh, the league table doesn't lie, or the course of a long mm-hmm. season, the league table doesn't lie. So I think you use the same analogy with clubs that over four or five seasons now, six seasons now, if you judge them on six seasons' performances, they're probably what you could say are a relegation contender at the start of the season and obviously every club goes into a season thinking oh the season's going to be different um and i think if you look at their signings they definitely made some signings of intent like aridane i think is a top top striker good number nine suits the way the game's played over here and brings others into the game he's not a selfish striker that just plays up there he's willing to drop into a number 10 and i really like i liked him last season and you brought in another quite impressive player in terms of both his work rate and how he, how he works is um, the Australian, um, Joel Kianese. And Joel's versatile as well. In a way, a bit similar to Aridane, where he plays, you know, he can play as a nine holding up the ball and everything, but he can also, you can also use him wide or off of the striker. So if you go with the two, then the two strikers are a little bit too similar. But... They've got good, good, two good attacking players, which I think they were missing last season. My only concern then would be when you have such good attackers, you need someone to provide service to them. And if you look amongst their squad, the midfielders that they've got, the likes of um, Luis Sastre and Xiao um, Tor, both of them are what you could probably put into that bracket of midfielders rather than creative midfielders. So you start to question where's the creativity going to come from? You know, is it going to be, you know, is a list of glass going to have to feature in a, in a tent kind of position or is a Yasir Sheikh Halda? Where's that spark of creativity coming from? And ironically, probably the one foreign player that they had who was creative and you could say is a good attacking midfielder is the one that hasn't joined, is on their foot, <laughs> but has not joined their preseason. It's uh, Nesta Gordia. So that's 
you know, it's little things like this that, you know, you've got a player who's registered with you, or sorry, signed with you, he's on your books, but he's not with you in pre-season, and you've opted not to bring in another foreigner in a position where you do need somebody. So I think it's little things like that where you start to question the the club management or the, the way they're thinking. I mean, are, are they thinking clearly in terms of how, they, how they're going to approach this season? And again, it's not only have you made a change in the head coach, you've made a change in, in the assistant coach. So there's very little continuity from last season. Um, the only continuity, obviously, is the player, the Indian players, the likes of Adil and a couple of the boys, obviously, who've come in from the Pune days, the likes of, um, as I mentioned, Abhishek Haldar, uh, Ashish Rai and the others. And they've lost key Indian personnel, I think. Um, I think in, over, over the years, if you look at the likes of Sartre Golway, who's gone on national team players, playing for Mumbai now. Uh, come up, goalkeeper's gone, moved to Odisha. You've lost key players for me. And the kind of replacement is not really what you'd say taking them in the right direction. You know, signing the likes of a Subrata Paul or a Katimani is not necessarily what you'd call a forward-thinking club's decision. Uh, but that said, I like some of the. I like the fact that they've gone after Chingal Sena. That's a positive signing because you're getting a good Indian youngster. Um, I just hope he gets to play because you've got Adil now who wants to play as a centre back for the national team. You've got a Spanish defender in on India, and uh, you got you got to start to wonder whether he'll actually get any any game time in that position when if he's competing with those two. Yeah, that is a club who uh, I don't really understand a lot out of. So, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. and, uh, I was trying to make sense of it, but it, it's very difficult to make sense of a lot of the stuff that they do. Yeah. Uh, now the, the other team is Jamshedpur that I was looking. Oh, by the way, the youngster and the one that you're looking at. Yeah, I think Kianese is definitely one that uh, looking forward to seeing how he performs for them. Um, in terms of youngsters, there's this defender there called Nikhil Prabhu, who I think he's got a lot of potential and um, be interesting to see how he does because I can't keep saying Liston anymore because he's no longer that young and he's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, so I think Nikhil Prabhu is the one, but I, I just can't see how he'll get too much game time at the moment. So now it's Jamshedpur that I wanted to look at. Mm-hmm. Again, new coach. But uh, the big, it's the biggest. When I, I we did a podcast with uh, Owen Coyle as well, which came mm-hmm. out. Uh, yeah, I just heard, yeah. I was listening yeah, to that. So, yeah. So one of the things he said is to build the mentality of a winning team because Jamshedpur has not been a team that has challenged for titles. How difficult is that as a coach when you come in? See, I think I heard what Owen Coyle said, and you know, he's obviously going to say that. He's signed for a two-year contract and, you know, he, he's very clever in his choice of words and how he how he speaks. But, I mean, it's a strange signing for me, for him to opt for that club. And because I just think if you want to win something in India, is that probably the right club to go to? Uh, just because of the way they've done things in the past couple of seasons and the way they've gone about things this season. You've, you look through their squad. And, you know, they've retained a lot of players like Aitha Monroy and um, David Grande. And he said, you know, were they their best performers last season? So you've you just, not really. I, I don't think they were. And, you know, obviously the likes of PT and um, 
Sergio Castell. Those guys were their best performers. And they've not been retained. And you've gone after, but you've retained some of the others. Now, obviously, you know, it's not going to be easy to retain the likes of a PT and Sergio Castell. And you've replaced, you could say, you could argue that, yes, they've replaced Castell with Valskis. And the question is, have they replaced the, the PT in terms of what he would offer them? And I'm not sure about that. And then if you looked at their squad over the last season, you could probably say, despite having those two, they were a little bit light in the Indian player department. And their best Indian player last season was Farooq. Who's gone to Mumbai. Who's gone to Mumbai. Again, you could argue that they replaced him with Jackie, but mm. you replaced a young, up-and-coming mobile Indian forward in Farooq with probably someone who's at the other end of his career, coming to his last few years of his career. And although he had a good season, at, um, a good couple of years at Goa, I think he's probably, you know, his star's probably on the wane at the moment. So I think their Indian squad's a little bit weak. A lot of them are players that you'd have in your club as your bench players. You know, they all make good number twos in every position. But I'm not sure if they're necessarily number ones in their position. And that's in every position, from goalkeeper to, you know, to, to a lot of other positions. So I think they're a little bit lightweight in their Indian personnel. They're a little bit lightweight in terms of what they've retained in their foreign personnel. So there's a lot of pressure on the likes of Valskis, um, Alex Lima, who's come in, and Peter Hartley, and John and Fitzgerald, the Australian. So a lot of these guys will really have to step up their game if they're going to keep Jamshedpur from being the sort of perennial fifth-place team. I mean, that's what they've almost become now, right? They're just sort of mid-table yeah. team. So. Because one of the things I was wondering is, uh, I had a similar thought when I looked at the goalkeeper. Thought that department, all three or four of them were not up to par. Uh, but they have a lot of youngsters, Narendra, Sir, Amarjeet, Chitendra, Aniket, whatever age he is. So yeah. all these people <laughs> are there. And from when I was talking to some of them, I spoke to uh, Amarjeet and uh, Jitendra the other day. And uh, the club was looking at Jackie to be that... Indian guy who has played at the final level and Jackie as a player to be the role model, is it? Yeah. So see if he can. So what do you think about that? That's what I hear from I mean, you, some of them. You've lost Subrata Paul both in terms of a goalkeeper and in terms of a sort of senior Indian player and a leader. And if you're expecting Jackie to come in and take over that role as a as a leader, anybody who knows Jackie or has seen Jackie over the last 10 years will know that he's not that kind of a character in the dressing room or in training. Um, you know, he's a good, he's a nice chap, he's a nice, nice lad. He, you know, he's a good jovial guy. He's quite funny, actually. And, yeah, very humble guy. Uh, yeah, but lovely guy. Works hard in terms of he'd put his shift in, works hard for the team, does his job. But he's not that kind of galvanizing personality who's going to bring everyone together and 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 do that. And the risk when you've got so many youngsters, the likes of uh, Narendra, Jitu, um, and a lot of these promising youngsters is you need a sort of guiding hand with them, both in terms of either the coaching staff or in terms of the management. Uh, and more, than, more often than not, it's better if you have it from a senior Indian pro or a couple of senior Indian pros. 
and I think they've lost that. They don't really have any senior Indian players there who can, who've been there, done it, and can be that vocal presence both in the dressing room and training, and and to give these guys that kind of guidance that they need. Um, so I think that's that's going to be their biggest weakness. And from what I'm hearing already, I, I think still two of their players are still in quarantine. Mm. So some issues in terms of how they've late recruitment or visas, whatever it is. So they'll start slow, I think, just because just because of these reasons. And because, again, it's the same thing with Hyderabad. Like, although Owen Coyle is not new to Indian football, he hasn't really had a full season yet in India. So I'm not sure he'll know of the strengths and weaknesses of all the Indian players as well as somebody who has been here for, let's say, four or five years. Secondly, they don't have an assistant coach who's got that much experience. I think Noel Wilson's come in as the... Um, assistant coach it's his first season in the ISL he doesn't have much experience as a he's never been a head coach anywhere as a with a club team so I don't think they have that expertise in terms of how to build a good Indian squad and that could come back to sort of haunt them probably so who's the young guy you're looking forward to um I quite liked um, the way Narendra Gaylord played last season, I think he just didn't give it, get enough opportunity. So I'd like to see him, see how he he performs um, this season. And I think in terms of the foreign players, this sort of Peter Hartley is meant to be quite an impressive defender. I think he'll be one that probably is the one that's going to have a quite a busy role this season for them. That's the end of part one. Now immediately run and go listen to part two because it's a lot, lot more interesting things to be spoken about in there. So, but in the meantime, if you can give us a second to go like our Instagram, Twitter or Facebook page, it's called Injury Time IND. That would be great. We can also be found in any podcast platform you like. So why don't you go there, hit a subscribe to our show as well because we'll be coming back with more and more. Second episode. Come on, come on. 